With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's Bashomania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashomania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Nine out of the 10 on this year's men's freestyle world team have already been on the Bash Mania podcast. And today, the 10th, Dayton Fix joins the show. Once you're done with this episode, be sure to go back to the archives if you want to hear the stories and get to know the rest of our 2021 world team. That said, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Justin Bash. This is the Bash Mania podcast, and this is episode 137. This show is presented to you by our friends at Attack. Not only did they just launch an insanely awesome version two of their app, but the Attack preseason wrestling showdown is in play, and I'm already having fun watching it progress. I said the last couple of weeks, it's, it's been a blast watching these guys log their workouts and have some fun. If you're new around here, from now until November 30th, 10 of the nation's top college wrestlers will battle it out to see who will outwork the rest and be crowned the Attack Showdown champion. For my guys, David Carr and Braxton Amos, to Trent Hidley and Real Woods, Attack is some of the absolute best college wrestlers in the country competing to earn some cash. I love that these wrestlers are taking advantage of NIL, and I love that Attack is putting money back into these athletes' pockets. Truly the best of both worlds here. Be sure to download the Attack app in the Apple App Store today and follow Attack on social to see who's winning and who's climbing that leaderboard to earn a nice preseason payday. They're attack.app, A-T-A-C dot A-P-P on social, and they are Attack, A-T-A-C in the Apple App Store. Go download the app today. Follow them, give them some love, see what they're all about. Mr. Dayton Fix, back on a world team. How are you, man? I'm doing doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a while, and this timing couldn't have been more perfect, fresh off the world team trials. So God's timing is always perfect. Happy for this. I spent my Sunday morning. I woke up at like 6 before I go to church at 9. I spent like two hours just preparing because I want to bring like you've got such a good career already and you have so much to go. So I'm excited to dive into it and go through some things. I guess we'll start with the most recent happenings, dominant performance of the world team trials. You tech your now teammate, Carter Young, tech Seth Gross. Then you beat Graffinado on two street, two straight. And for me, especially those first two tacks after those guys wrestled back, take third and fourth. It showed what kind of level you're at right now. And I'm curious, what do you think went into the dominance you put on display? Like the couple the leading up to this, like what was your focus? Um, you know, I was just, I was really excited to compete again. You know, I, I took some time off after uh, NCAAs and the trials and, um, you know, I just kind of refocused, refocused myself after that. And, um, I just, you know, my training leading up to it was really good. I, I kind of got back to, you know, move my feet a lot more, 
being a little more physical and just really focusing on going out there and scoring points. And I think that, uh, you know, it really benefited me. That's a common theme for like younger wrestlers and even wrestlers of any age listening to this podcast. The importance of scoring points and focusing on scoring points is so big. And wrestling Twitter can often be like very, very divided. I don't know how much you're on Twitter, how much you're not, but it's always funny when like everybody agrees on something. And that kind of happened with you at the trials. Like everybody was saying this is the best version of Dayton Fix we've ever seen. Do you feel like you made a huge jump in yourself from the Olympic trials? Obviously, you know, you're already a world caliber athlete. This isn't your first world team. So to make levels, is it more getting back to what you know? Is it trying to jump levels? Like, what is it? Um, you know, I don't think that much has changed, you know, in my wrestling. I think, you know, everything that I was doing, I've, you know, I've been able to do that. It was just a matter of putting it all together. And that's, yeah. you know, that really came through my training. And, uh, you know, I'm just thankful that I, uh, I'm, I'm, that I am, I'm where I'm at now. You know, I, for the past year, I really haven't, haven't felt quite like myself and, you know, to go out there and compete how I did, you know, last weekend it, uh, you know, it felt, felt great to do that again. Yeah. And I'm curious how much like hunger comes into your like this. Cause I heard you say in an interview after NCAAs before the trials that, you know, not winning NCAAs kind of kept you satisfied and you questioned just, you'd obviously still be hungry and want it, but it made you want it that much more. Then you go to the Olympic trials, same things happened. You're like, man, I didn't get done again. At that point, was it like doubling down on hunger? Like what was perspective after that? Uh, yeah. You know, anytime you don't accomplish your dreams, it's uh, it's not easy. So, yeah. you know, you know, going back and, you know, taking some time off and, you know, really just, you know, believing in my faith and, you know, knowing that, you know, God has a plan for me. And, you know, I truly do believe that. And, uh, you know, just sticking to what I was doing. And I've, I've, you know, always, you know, lived, lived the right lifestyle. And whenever you do that and, you know, stuff still doesn't go your way, you know, you start to you know, get a little bit confused on, you know, why the results aren't there. Oh but, yeah. You know, as you, know, you just, you just gotta, you know, believe in, believe in what, you know, God's, God's doing with your life. And, you know, that's, that's really helped me just, you know, sticking with that. Yeah. And this is the first time we're speaking. I'm sure it won't be the last, but Liz Spotty has told me great things about your faith, your family. And I'm curious how just how much is faith an important part of your career? Uh, you know, it's extremely important. It's a, uh, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without, without my faith. Yep. And that's, uh, you know, something that, you know, it can give a lot of people an advantage just, sure. you know, knowing that you can just kind of let go and go out there and compete and know that, you know, God's, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to love me no matter what, if I win or lose. And, you know, for me that, you know, it really helps me whenever I'm going into a competition. Yeah. And especially for, for a year like this, where you have the disappointment of NCAAs and have the disappointment of the trials, what's your process like mentally where, you know, we talk about in this podcast a lot. And I always appreciate hearing people's perspective on overcoming that loss, overcoming adversity. Um, and you've had your fair share this year. Like, what's your perspective to kind of get back on the saddle and continue going after, you know, heartbreak, adversity, whatever it may be? Yeah, you know, it's just, you know, whenever you want something so bad, you know, I'm not going to let, you know, a couple losses, you know, derail me from, from my dreams. Yeah. And it's a... Uh, it's going to take a lot more than getting beat to 
stop me. I'm training. You know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I've been committed to, you know, becoming an Olympic gold medalist for, for a long time. And that's, you know, nothing's changed. And uh, I'm just going to keep, keep training how I've been training the past, you know, couple months. And, you know, it's been, it's been working for me as of recently. Yeah, I'd say so. You know, it's funny that the interview I mentioned, you also had said in that that you were trying to embrace the moment. And I'm curious how important that is to you now, you know, more than ever embracing being on the world team again, representing the greatest country on earth. You know, I just had my high school coach, Bill Jacketon last week, and he had said that, you know, he's been coaching for 40 years. And when I was in high school, he was such a dominant coach and he always seemed so in it. He never took the time to smell the roses. And I asked him if he regrets it. And he said, not really, because he doesn't know if he would have been this hungry or whatever. And that makes sense. But have you been focusing even like as of this week, like I'm talking like recently, have you been focusing on embracing this journey and kind of embracing that moment? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, this past wrestling at the, at the world team trials, I definitely was, I was enjoying, enjoying wrestling. And that's something that, you know, I'd haven't, haven't felt in a while. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that, you know, it showed my, my performance that I was enjoying it. And that's whenever I wrestle my best is whenever I'm out there having fun, scoring points. And then, you know, it just helps me kind of, kind of cut loose whenever I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing, you know, and when I love wrestling so much that I should never let, let, let like a big match or a big tournament, you know, take that, that love for the sport away. I should always, you know, embrace what I'm doing and you go out there with that same kind of passion. Yeah. And I was just going to ask you, like, you know, you hear a lot of wrestlers talk about that. Like, and I think especially Christians, I think for me, if I were ever going to coach wrestling and say the two biggest things I've learned from having every great wrestler in this podcast is both having fun. And as a Christian, being able to relax in Christ and being able to just kind of have that freedom to go out there and let what's going to happen, happen. What is the, what is the, you said that, you know, you're getting back to having fun. Do you think there's anything that, a reason why you weren't having fun or is it just trying to get your, get your like mentality back to having fun? Um, I think, you know, anytime you're, anytime you get beat, it's not very fun. So this is true. Uh, I think just going out there, just going into matches with the mindset, you know, I'm going to go out there and have fun. It's, yeah. you know, it, it really, it helps me, you know, cut loose, like I said, and that's whenever I wrestle my best. It's a, uh, you know, it's easy to, whenever you're, you're going out there and you're worrying about, you know, winning, you focus so much on winning that, yeah. you know, you, you get a little tight and you don't wrestle, you know, as well as you can. And I think that, you know, that was the case that, you know, both, you know, NCAAs and, and the Olympic trials for me, you know, I, I want to win those, I want to win those tournaments so bad, you know, because those are two things that I've dreamt, dreamt of doing for so long that, you know, I, I did, I got a little tight and, you know, it, it obviously affected my, my performance. Yeah, and I know 61 kilos is 134 pounds. NCAAs wrestle at 133, but at the Olympic trials, you're down at 57. Does wrestling at 61, I think this is the first time we've seen you compete freestyle 61. Does that play a factor in being able to have fun, not worry about a weight cut or anything as much? Um, well, I was definitely, uh, I felt I felt great at 61. And uh, at the Olympic trials, you know, I actually, I felt the, uh, that was the best I've made weight, you know, in my opinion, but it was, a, uh, you know, I just didn't put it all together and it was, a, uh, you know, it was, it was unfortunate, but, you know, going up to 61, it, it, that, this, this was the, uh, the first time I wrestled 61 at, in freestyle, you know, in leading up to this competition, that was, 
you know, something that was kind of going through my head was, you know, this is the, uh, the first time I'm going to really feel, feel really good, you know, going into, going yeah. into a tournament. And, you know, I, uh, I just kind of helped that, you know, give me more confidence going into the, the trials. Yeah. And I mean, I know for me, like I had a hard time picking who I thought was going to win that late because I had a feeling something like that would happen. I had a feeling you have guys like yourself and Soriano and Gross in there who are such great wrestlers, but it's who does put together the best couple of weeks leading up to it. Who feels as good that day? So it, it was no surprise when you performed that good. But after those first two texts, I'm like, oh, okay. Like <laughs> he's here. He's enjoying 61. And speaking of freestyle, we talk about often on the podcast. I'm trying to get Chenzo to join if you can. He's out to lunch with his mom right now. Um, but we talk about freestylers folks all the time. I'm assuming with you, it's not even close. It's freestyle by a mile. Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I've always, sorry, Shane Sparks. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, uh, there's just something about freestyle. I, yep. I've always enjoyed wrestling freestyle a lot more than folk style, but it's not, it doesn't mean that I don't like wrestling folk style. There's, there's yeah. parts of folk style that, you know, I do enjoy, but if I had to pick one, I'm, I'm picking freestyle every day. Yeah, and and if anybody at home is keeping track in this podcast, it's like 99 to 1 with freestyle folk style. But speaking of folk style, you know, it's an interesting year with COVID causing back-to-back world championships, Olympics in August, world championships in October, team trials in April, September. It's a crazy year. Have you had any time to prepare or even start thinking about the college season yet? Um, you know, not I haven't really really thought about it too much you know i've been yeah. focused on, you know the world championships and, and preparing for that so uh you know i'm looking forward to you know getting back into into the college you know a, a real true college wrestling season where i'm wrestling every every week because that's something that you know i haven't had yeah. the opportunity to do in you know a long time almost over two years i haven't you know been in the in the situation where i can be that active and wrestle every yeah. weekend and that's something that you know i'm definitely looking forward to because Whenever you're wrestling, you know, that often it, you know, it's only going to help, help me personally, because then I, the more I wrestle, you know, live competition, it's, uh, it's better for me because, you know, when you're in the practice room, you, you can only, you, you wrestle the same guys every day and it's, it's, uh, you start, you know, getting familiar with, with each other. So it's, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be nice wrestling new guys and, and wrestling in real competition again. You know, I'm sure you'll say that like, whether it's freestyle or folk style, wrestling's wrestling. Anybody who prefers one style or the other typically says that. But in, in a year like this, like the last couple of years, you lost in the finals, I think like 2-4 in both matches, sudden victory. And, you know, talking like about jumping levels on the freestyle scene and you saying that, you know, your wrestling doesn't change much. For the folk style season, do you think it's just the same thing, like being mentally in a place of, enjoying it loving it wrestling freely because i'm assuming at this point like anybody who loses in sudden victory in ncaa finals has what it takes to win right i know you said you're not thinking too much of the college season yet but do you kind of make mental notes and put them down for later like listen come you know before ncaa is like i need to make sure i'm doing this like is that the perspective kind of after the last couple years in the college scene um yeah, you know, I, you know, I know that I'm right there with, I've, you know, obviously been in the finals twice, losing in overtime. It's, you know, it's real, uh, that's heartbreaking, you know, to lose twice in the finals, but that's just uh, something that I, you know, it's, I, I don't think I'd be the wrestler I am today without those two losses. Totally. And it's a, uh, you know, like I said before, you know, God has a plan and 
I, uh, I accept that, you know, regardless of, you know, results, it's, a uh, he knows what's, you know, what's best for me. And I, uh, I just kind of take it on the chin and, and move forward and know that it's a, uh, it's only going to benefit me in the long run. Yeah. And you still have three finals to go. <laughs> like you still have the ability to win three titles. You still made two college or two um, world team world teams in this time. So you're not exactly sitting around, but last year you did have some time. You mentioned you couldn't rest until like February. You had that USADA suspension for unknowingly taking something. How hard was that for you to kind of be on the sidelines? I imagine, you know, it's got to be a mental battle, especially when you didn't do something purposefully. You're sitting on the sidelines for a year. How hard was it to kind of persevere through that and keep training, keep getting better at wrestling? And, you know, I know with business, I'm always so hungry. And when I can't do something, like if my wife wants to go get pumpkins, I'm at least thinking about it and I, I want to work or do whatever. But how hard was it that where you had to take some time off? Uh, yeah, you know, that it wasn't a, it was you know, really hard. It was a hard time in my life, you know, just yep. you know, going through that, you know, especially whenever I would never, never take anything to, you know, improve my performance. And yep. it, uh, it was hard, you know, the hardest part about it was just, you know, the, what people, what people, you know, thought about me and what people were saying about me. And because, you know, if you talk to me, you know, you know who I am as a person, you know, that, that would, uh, that's something that I would never do. And yep. it, uh, you know, it, it's, you know, it's unfortunate what people say, because, you know, it, those, you know, words actually, you know, people say, you know, words, you know, they don't, they don't hurt, you know, the saying, you know, sticks and stones, they yep. break my words don't hurt you, but you know, they do words can have effect on people. And, you know, that's yep. something, you know, people need to learn. You know, they need to learn that words can affect people, especially, you know, you look at, you know, athletes like Simone Biles and, yeah. The, the tennis player, you know, the it's mental health, it's you know becoming much more, you know, in the open now than it was in the past. And a lot of that comes from, you know, what people are saying about about these individuals and those words that you know they they really do have effect on on people and on, on performance. And just because you know athletes are they're athletes and you know the spotlights on them, it doesn't mean that they're not not real people. And you know, it's something that, you know, I had to, I had to deal with and, you know, luckily I've, you know, I've battled through that and I'm in a, in a great spot now. Yeah. And is that something that, you know, you're not super active on social, you're active, but you're definitely nowhere near the most active. Does that kind of help that you're not used to social media as much where I feel like, you know, for some people you see the rise in the fall where they're, they're on social media a lot and then something happens. Wow. And that stuff hurts. Like, I know for me, my audience is much smaller than yours. But I put out a bad episode, a stupid question, whatever. People just do not relent on their opinion. And I'm like, dude, I I know for a fact you probably wouldn't be saying this if, like, we were at a wrestling tournament and you're just, like, face-to-face. -face, like, hey, that was a stupid question. You should turn your mic up. Like, it, it's so funny what social media has done. But... You know, even before that, you haven't been super active on social. Did that kind of help you be able to just drown it out? And obviously, words do hurt. And I think people need to kind of step back and say, hey, what I like if somebody said that about me, you know, but did that kind of help be able to drown some of it out? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, that's that's the reason why I haven't been you know, as active in the past couple of years. It's just yep. the best way to get away from it was just not look at it. And that's, a, you know, that's kind of the approach I took on it. And. It uh, 
you know, it, it helped me. And because if I'm not, if I'm not on social media, then, then I'm not, I'm not thinking about what people are saying and, and all that. So it's a, it's a, you know, I think that's definitely something that needs to be brought to light more yep. is that people shouldn't be able to, you know, they say, you know, trolls and stuff like that, internet trolls, they don't need, they shouldn't be able to just say whatever they want and, and get away with it. It's a, you know, it's just, just not fair for, uh, for the athletes. Yeah, it's not. And I think, you know, especially as a Christian, I think people will often have a bigger heart for somebody that they don't know. I think it's so important to have empathy. I was just telling that to somebody I was talking this morning about they were talking about the vaccine and people who are for it and against it. And I'm like, look at the biggest thing for me is to have empathy for other people who cares if you like it or don't like it, just have empathy for it. And I think as people have more empathy for people, they don't know. I think they'll be much happier themselves. But another thing kind of changing gears a little bit, AJ Ferrari guy is just a character. And I mean that in a good way. He's a true personality that I think this wrestling community benefits from. We've had him on this podcast. And as soon as we talked to him, Chenzo and I called each other right after like, dude, AJ Ferrari is AJ Ferrari. There's no on off switch. There's no, like, he's not turning it up. He's not turning it down. Like, AJ is AJ. What is it like having AJ as a teammate? Um, you know, anytime anybody asks me about him, I just I always say that the AJ that you see on on social media, that's really AJ. That's that's just yeah. who he and you know, you uh you do as a team as a teammate, you guys have to accept that. And it's uh there's nothing wrong with what he does. He's just uh, that's just him. And you know, I you know, I love love having him as a teammate. He uh especially whenever Anytime you have someone that you know competes how he does, it's a uh, it's only going to benefit your team. And uh, the thing about AJ is he he's like how he's he is how he is on social media. But whenever he gets in the room, there's there's nobody that's that's outworking that guy. And it's that's uh, amazing. It's truly you know it's it's something special. Whenever he you know unfortunately he's been been out for for a little bit with uh with injuries, but he's uh you know working his way back now, and it's a uh, I'm excited for, for this next year for him. Yeah. And I think overall it brings such awareness to wrestling when, you know, whether it's being known locally on campus, whether it's people wanting to tune into a tournament, they maybe wouldn't have turned into whatever, maybe I think it's awesome. And, you know, talking about AJ, it's hard on to transition in my mind into NIL. He's doing a good job branding himself, creating content while winning while, like you said, He's one of the hardest working guys in the room. That's a very important um, component to it. And you seem to have a bit more relaxed approach to it. As we were just kind of talking on social, I think you have like three posts on Instagram since like NCAAs. What's your perspective on your brand and NIL and everything happening with it? You know, so my, my, my perspective on it is, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not winning, then my brand's not going to, going to build. It's not going to be, be yep. very big. If, uh, so I really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on, on winning wrestling matches and in the, you know, money and all of that, that stuff's going to come later. And it's, uh, you know, you know, the NIL stuff, it's, you know, it's, it's great for, for us athletes that we're finally able to, you know, benefit from, from our name, image and likeliness. And, you know, just, you know, getting that as, as much, you know, a couple extra bucks, you know, a hundred yeah. bucks here and there, it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to help a lot of people. And, you know, that's uh, something that, you know, it's, it's exciting as, as an athlete, especially now that I have, you know, a couple of years to get into it. It's, uh, it's only going to get, 
get bigger from from here on out. So I'm a, but you know, at the moment I'm I'm worried about winning and you know, money. It's gonna and all that. It's gonna come come as I win. Yeah, and I think when Bo Nickel was on the show, he said something that I think a lot of people should take note of, which is, I think even if it's not a ton of money right now for many athletes. Even if it just teaches you more and more now, like you look at your career, for example, if you're able to monetize on NIL deals and learn a bit more about the business side of things leading up to 2024, and then in 2024, you're out of college, and then you get some post-college deals, you have a bit more experience now. It kind of lets you get used to it, see the business side, see the deliverables of it. So I think it's super beneficial, especially for guys like yourself. You go out and win a world championship. I there's no doubt you're going to be getting messages and inquiries like, "Hey, we'd love to be involved in this college season." So, winning definitely a huge part of that. Speaking of the date and fix brand, we've seen a huge Oklahoma State to MMA train over the past few years. Is that something you've considered at all? Um, you know, I've you know, I've definitely thought about it, but at the moment, I'm you know I'm only I'm really focused on wrestling, and yep. you know if I after my wrestling career, if I do want to get into MMA, then I have plenty of, you know, plenty of people that yeah, are, going to, say. <laughs> are going to be there to, to help me out. So it's a, uh, you know, something I'm not, I'm not too focused on at the moment, but it's a, uh, I definitely have, you know, avenues that I can, I can take if I want to go that, that route. Yeah. I'm, I'm always, I ask because I, I know how focused you are in wrestling right now. I'm just so curious, like Oklahoma state seems to be one of the biggest hubs for wrestlers going into MMA. I think state college is going to be closed soon. A um, lot of guys over there going to MMA. I'm always curious at how early into college wrestling you start seeing people dabble in training and thinking about it. It's such a viable option after. So yeah, I think everybody's going to stay tuned to that. Uh, speaking of Oklahoma state, such a storied program in a world where programs are being cut and we're trying to grow the sport. How awesome is it when things like a million dollar locker room upgrade happen? Like I just saw the news. I saw John with a sledgehammer, like starting to knock out the locker room. How cool is it like that to have a program that's revered and to be a part of that, that, you know, so many people are, are struggling and trying to get support and we're all trying to help out those programs, but to be a part of something and get that recognition and say, Hey, you guys are doing great things and you continue to do, here's a new locker room. Yeah, you know, it's awesome whenever, you know, an athletic department like like Oklahoma State supports their, their wrestling program like they do. And it's a, uh, I know that, you know, our team, we're, we're really excited for for that new locker room. It's going to be, you know, the, the outlines on it look, they look, you know, unreal. Like I saw, I want to go hang out there. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's going to be a really, a really cool place to, you know, hang out whenever in between practices, in between classes, and, you know, we're going to have, the full kitchen. They said that there's going to be beds in there if we need to take a nap, all kinds <laughs> of stuff. So it's, uh, I'm really uh, looking forward to you know getting that done. I never went to college, but if I did, I think I would have needed to go to a school and been a part of a program <laughs> as a locker room with beds and all other stuff. Um, and continuing the theme of Oklahoma State, it was announced this weekend, Carter Young heading back to Stillwater. How excited are you for that? I know I just kind of heard Willie talking on his show about how quick it kind of happened. It sounds like he got to Northwestern. It sounds like um, Andrew Howe and Jimmy Kennedy might be out because they're not vaccinated. And you, obviously, him growing up in Stillwater, you reposted the photo, I think, yesterday from a couple of years ago. How excited are you for him coming back to Stillwater? Uh, you know, I'm I'm very excited that, that Carter Young is going to be a cowboy. It's a, I've, I've been 
been Aaron Carter since he was in, you know, the fourth or fifth grade. He actually, he moved to Sand Springs where I'm from whenever I was in high school. And so he, he went to junior high in high school whenever I was in, in Sand Springs. And, you know, I'd, I'd wrestle with him pretty much, you know, every day after practice, helping him, you know, get better. And then I went to, obviously I went to Oklahoma State and, you know, he wrestled for, for Sand Springs for their high school for a year. And then he decided to, you know, moved his daughter as well. So I've, I've been around, you know, Carter's for the past seven, eight years of, you know, of both of our wrestling careers. And, you know, it's, it's a, you know, the way he wrestled this past weekend was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Amazing. There and, and, you know, being the same bracket and even, you know, compete against him. It was a, you know, it was, it was fun. And I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to, you know, training with him and, you know, watching his, his career unfold. It's going to be, you know, something special. It's so kind of funny to think about the 61 kilo bracket at the world team trials because you teched him. And I don't know if that was just like big brother syndrome where he just has no chance with you or what, but he looked so dominant. I mean, that was the only match he lost was to you. And if you start talking about like degrees of separation, like absolutely incredible. And I'm assuming that did you, did this happen quick on your end too? Like, it sounds like everything happened real quick where he got to Northwestern decided to come back. Was it kind of a surprise to you too? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, it's really happened really fast. I, you know, I heard that he, uh, his mom, mom dropped him off back in Northwestern, got got home, and then had to <laughs> right back around to go get him. So it was, uh, it's that that's about as fast as it could happen. And yeah, uh, I'm just excited that you know, Oklahoma State. That's where he belongs. He belongs. He belongs in Stillwater, and it's a. I think it's going to benefit you know his wrestling career being in here yeah for sure and i think you know anytime there's a bond like you two seem to have that's that's pretty cool last thing here i'm gonna let you go your instagram and twitter handle is greatest ever you're now a two-time world team member while still in college two-time ncaa finalist with two three years to go how confident are you in setting out to be the greatest ever and how much do you focus on that you know being a christian and and kind of hearing you talk and, and watching your story, you seem like more of a humble guy. And obviously trying to be the greatest ever takes a balance of greatness and humility, pride and ego, humility, all those things. How, how are you balancing that? And how confident are you in setting out to be that? Um, you know, that's, that's been my, my Instagram and, you know, Twitter handle since, since I got, got social media. So that's, you know, a long, long time ago. Oh yeah. And that was, I, I, you know, I made it that because that's, that was my goal. It's to be the, be the greatest, the greatest ever. And, you know, whenever I do that, it's not, not just the, it's the greatest version of myself, really. Yep. My greatest version of myself ever is what I want to be because, you know, it's something that, you know, people ask, you know, what your greatest fear is. And, and for me, it's always been, you know, not, not reaching my full potential as a, as a person, you know, not just as a wrestler, but as a person. And it's a, you know, that it's a, you know, it's a daily reminder, you know, anytime I get on social media that, that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working to be, you know, the greatest, the greatest ever, you know, the greatest version of myself. That's, that's always been, been my goal. And it's, you know, it's going to continue to be my goal. Yeah. And I love the Instagram handle, by the way, like it's, it's definitely up there. I obviously like I'm a marketing and branding guy. So anytime there's a cool kind of handle, anytime it's a little different, I love it. I think it's sending up your brand to be something spectacular. Um, I, I'm a fan. I'm excited. For those listening, Dayton's competing next weekend. I believe you're first up, right? October 2nd. Sir, yep. 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 First day. 
October 2nd, first day of the World Championships. They start at like 3.30 or 4.30 a.m. Eastern, somewhere around there. The schedule is on my Twitter. Um, be sure to follow date. And when do you head out there? Uh, so I'm leaving on, on Friday to uh, okay. meet up with the rest of the world team. We're supposed to leave on, on Wednesday, but I have some some class stuff to take care of, so I don't get to leave till till Friday. But then we're going to meet up meet up in New York and then, then head over to, to Oslo. I love it. Yeah, because that's something totally every college kid deals with, right? Taking classes and trying to go compete overseas to win a world championship. Well, Dayton, thank you for coming on the show today. Any last words for the podcast? Um, you know, thanks for having me on. You know, it's uh, it's been been fun being on, and uh, I look forward to you know coming on again. You'll be back on for sure, man. Go have some fun, win a world championship, and we'll talk soon. Yep, that's the plan. Thank you. Awesome, man. And that is it. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today, guys. If you haven't subscribed, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening right now, hit the subscribe button. Be among the first to know when new episodes drop. And make sure you don't miss any episodes. It also just supports the show. So thank you for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.